SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic outcome on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I don't quite understand why Colbert now has to come out and talk about how Ben is currently a member. You know, good luck moving him. You know, good good luck trying to swallow $27 million in a year in which the cap is probably going to go down. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio, right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on Sports Map Radio and uh, Sports Byline USA on a glorious Friday, February 19th. That is right. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, maybe a little YouTube chat. Having some issues with that so far, but we hope to get that up and running right here on an Opposite Picks Friday, February 19th. Well, welcome, LLs. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, Nets over and out. Dead in Philly, live in Indianapolis. Russ never sleeps. It's all about the Bucks. Good for one, bad for another. Five years later. Wow. Yes, they can. Padre fans, Google Rams, Eagles signing contract screw-ups. Uh, hockey gets into the act, and what the buck is going on in Milwaukee? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Friday, February 19th. Morning, my friends. How are you doing on this uh, Friday? A little uh, precursor to a weekend that hopefully goes well. The snow here. You must be getting old, you know. That really must be getting old when my first thought really is is snow and rain and sleet and the weather. You know, the sure sign that you're getting old. You know, when you're younger, you're 20s, even 30s, ah, you don't care about that stuff, whatever. You know, what what's going on? You know, but when you get into a little, a little let's just say a little higher than that, uh, that seems to be the first concern. You know, when those electric bills come in, the generator's not quite here yet. Um, and all the other issues pertaining to owning a house and a family and all that other stuff, you, you kind of pretend to, uh, or at least not pretend, but you really, uh, you do tend to uh, consider the weather a little bit more in your life. But anyway, we did not get hit with the big blizzard they were calling for yesterday. Now, maybe it'll continue today, but we got about three, four inches here on the East Coast, which isn't too bad here in New York. They were calling for close to a foot. So, uh, But it does come to an end last night. Uh, maybe not an end. I shouldn't say that. We shouldn't jump to conclusions. Little blip on the radar screen, we'll say, with the overs on the Brooklyn Nets. We've had a great, great, great run with two, really three, if you want to count the cadavers, who are 0-11 against the spread their last 11 games. That's that's pretty good. But we've had a great run with uh, betting with Utah, right? 20-1, uh, 18-1-1, or 19-1-1 against the spread in those uh, 21 games. And same thing with Brooklyn for the most part, 20-3 and three over. I mean, that is a remarkable run, especially for a team, as we pointed out, that has its over-unders literally in the 230s every single game, if not 240s, and yet their game still went over. 
And last night we were on a good pace at, at halftime. It was Nets leading at 64 to 53. And, you know, I, I would have, you know, given my druthers, I probably would have had the Nets leading versus the Lakers leading at the half. But uh, it wasn't to be. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Friday morning, just getting underway, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, the game goes under 109.98. Wasn't even close. Uh, you, you couldn't, I don't know, you didn't see it coming, at least not after the first half. I was a little leery last night with the over. You know, without AD, Lakers are a pretty good under team. I don't think they would want to get into a run-and-gun affair with Brooklyn, but Kyrie was back. And, and listen, you got to take the thinking out of this stuff. You really do. The one time I thought about going uh, against Utah last Saturday, they blitzed Miami. I thought that was a good spot for the Heat to go into Utah and, and get a win because uh, you know Utah was coming off a monster victory against the Milwaukee Bucks the day before. And I thought maybe, just maybe, I've seen a bunch of streaks. And then Utah won by a gazillion. So you, you really you had to take your thinking out of it, even though I, I kind of lean towards the under. But they're you know twenty and three. You just can't bet against twenty and three. You can't. And then like I said at the half, it's sixty four fifty three. You got one hundred and seventeen points. Uh, you're, you're more than halfway there. The over under you know finished right around two thirty one or so, two thirty two, depending on when and where you did your shopping. So you didn't see. I, I didn't see anything after the first half that made me think, okay, this game was going to go under. And again, not only did it go under, it went way under. They scored 45 points each in the second half, 90 points. After scoring 117, cruising in the first half, they settle down and they score 90 total in the second half, and the game goes way under. So, listen, they're still 20-4 and four over. I'm going to play the over again. I know a lot of people like to play whatever the streak occurred to break. They like to play that again, where in this case it's an under. Um, you know, they like to play the the over or the under again, thinking, okay, once a streak is broken, that's how it happens. You know, it's going to be too straight the other way. And, uh, you know, not 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 necessarily. I, I wouldn't uh, jump to that conclusion. I, I really wouldn't because listen, the Nets have had a couple of unders thrown in here of late, but they bounced right back and did a gazillion overs. They had an under against Indiana February 10th. That the game went way, same thing, 104-94. And that is still the most bizarre score I think we've had. Uh, and then they ripped off four more overs after that. So uh, be careful about thinking about, you know, okay, all of a sudden the nuts is going to turn with this next team. They, they can yell and scream and cry all they want about playing good defense. But uh, I, I, I got to see it for two or three games before I start flipping the over on hundreds with the Brooklyn Nets. All right, just getting underway on this Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We we know that this doesn't happen often where you get a, a great collection of guys together that have been, um, you know, prominent guys in their roles on, on their respective teams and you got guys coming on the bench that are starters for other teams. It makes our jobs a lot easier to go out there and just be ourselves. And it is scary out there when other teams are doing their best to stay in the game defensively. And we continue to compound, compound more, more offensive, uh, you know, execution. So we, it's just about limiting the guys on the other end and then having some fun on the offensive end to be able to create that separation and then just feel good about playing well. You know, like I said, I didn't have a shot seven for 17, five TOs. In my book, I was like, I wasn't effective enough. And then you you got to remove yourself 
and put the team first. We got to win together. And we all did little things to contribute to this. So, you know, I like to talk about that too. Wow. I can listen to that 10 times and still know, not know what the fudge he just said. Kyrie Irving. We're trying to compound more execution. What the fudge is that? What? I'm trying, again, from a man who doesn't think we landed on the moon, you know, the world is flat, uh, you know, Democrats rule, you know. uh, We're trying to compound more execution. Wow. Just don't don't put him in front of a microphone, Brooklyn Nets, please. Go go find someone else. Go Find someone that, you know, played, uh, you know, 30 seconds, you know, maybe garbage time. Go get me, uh, you know, Andre Robertson. You know, it's, it's, I don't know what he just said. All I do know is the Nets beat the Lakers last night, 109-98. And you got the things coming out of this game that you thought you'd get in that Nets played without Kevin Durant. So even though they won, this is not the true Nets team. Lakers played with Anth- without Anthony Davis. So that's a huge, obviously, missing piece to their puzzle. So you can't say, even if this is, and I do think it will be, sadly. I think this is going to be an NBA Finals preview. Uh, it, it was and it wasn't. It's the same two teams that will meet in the Finals, yes. But, you know, theoretically, if both teams are healthy, this is not what you're going to get as far as competition and everything else. You know, Maybe the score will be the same. Maybe the Nets will win again. But, you know, the Lakers can walk out of this saying, all right, you know, we, we lost, but uh, we didn't have AD. You know, it's as simple as that. So the Nets can just say they won. And listen, you got to give them a little bit of credit here. As much as I'm rooting against the Nets, uh, they have won, you know, what, four or five in a row now. Nice little road trip. Uh, this is uh, not, not bad. You know, they finished up their homestand, um, <clears throat> or their previous road trip anyway. They, they played the Pacers at home and then two previous ones after that. So they had lost three of their last four. They head to the West Coast. They beat Golden State. They knock off the Queens, beat the Suns, and now they beat the Lakers. And they got one more game against the Clippers. So that that's that's pretty good. You know, and again, these games, uh, for the most part, without uh, either uh, Kyrie or Kevin Durant. I don't know when either – I don't know when Durant's going to play. You know, it seems to be day-to-day. But, again, as we talked about with AD, who now they're saying, oh, by the way, he's not going to play for four weeks – they're going to sit at him with his Achilles injury. And I don't really blame him. I can't. I love to yell and scream. but And I will about some of these other guys that aren't playing. But with AD, when you're the champ, there's no sense risking. You know, he might as well. If it, listen, if it was me with the Lakers, I wouldn't play him until there were maybe two weeks left in the regular season. Uh, with an Achilles injury, knowing full well, not like a shoulder or an arm or even, a, you know, an ankle. Yeah, I mean, it is an ankle, but the Achilles you blow out Achilles. You injure, you injure your Achilles. You're out for the rest of the year. You know, it's not even like a hamstring, I probably should have said. Where you pull the hamstring, you could tweak that and, and miss another couple of weeks very easily. Uh, you know, you tweak your Achilles, and it's not completely healed. You're done for a season. So I had shit the guy. You know, what's the difference? I don't care if the Lakers, you know, finish uh, fifth in the Western Conference. They, they, they could have – they could finish eighth in the Western Conference, and they'd still be the prohibitive favorite. What's the difference? And I will tell you this. You know, I, I keep on bringing it up, and, and let me log on to FanDuel right now and just see if the if the odds are still posted. This is a, a little stretch of games here where things can really turn for the L.A. Lakers. MVP award for the Lakers. I'm going to harp on this until we're done. Uh, team future, player futures. Uh, MVP. Let's see where our guy Donovan Mitchell is today. 
He's still at 65 to 1. It's still amazing. I'm reading stories about Damian Lillard maybe being MVP. I mean, Damian, no, no offense to Damian Lillard, but, you know, your club is 18 and 10. You know, nice, decent little start here for the Jailblazers, but we're talking about the best team record wise in the NBA, the best player. Uh, on that team in Damian Lillard, and he's getting no love for MVP war. I mean, just none, 65 to 1. And I bring up this Lakers loss because they do play the Jazz here in in a a week, next week, and right now they're down three. You know, the Lakers, I saw this stat on the four-letter network, give them credit. Lakers are only 4-7 and against winning teams this year. That's amazing. Nets are 10 and 1. Lakers are, or maybe it was playoff teams uh, from last year. Lakers are four and seven. That's amazing. So the lead now for the Jazz is three. Not insurmountable by any stretch. I get that. But if the Lakers lose to the Jazz and the Jazz keep on winning, as we've been saying here, and they get to the All Star break with maybe a five, six game lead. We've already seen the Lakers wave the white flag a little bit on Anthony Davis. There's no two ways about it. In my mind, anyway, he'd be playing today if they were in the postseason in the NBA Finals. Maybe not first round, maybe not even second round. Maybe they think, all right, we know we we could take care of things in the first round without UAD. Uh, but second round, third round, my eyes, he'd be playing. And when they stretch this thing from two weeks to four weeks out of the blue yesterday, they're doing what I said. Which again, I'm not criticizing them. You know, they're, they're being extra, extra, extra cautious. But if they're doing that, that means they're waving the white flag on the season as far as trying to win, uh, you know, the conference and have the best record. So if that's the case, you know, in the Jazz, and you got to worry about the Clippers, but they play the Clippers again tonight, Utah. They beat the Clippers tonight. Now they have a five-game lead already over L.A. The Clippers, you know, maybe the Clippers now start to wave the white flag a little bit. And the Lakers fall five behind if they beat them next week. And they wave the white flag. And and this Jazz team wins this Western Conference hands down. I don't know how the uh, the, the uh, Donovan Mitchell MVP talk doesn't start. I, I don't, you know, he's the best player on the team by far. He averages seven more points than the next guy. Are, are you really going to sit there with a straight face and vote LeBron James? You know, a, a second or maybe even a third place? And who knows with the Jailblazers, the way they're playing. I mean, I kind of doubt it, but maybe a fourth place team? I don't care if he plays every day. I don't care if he's carrying this team. There's no way this kiss-ass media who votes on these things, can, and they, God, they love LeBron. I mean, but there's no way in the world they can vote him MVP. And there's no way in the world they can vote Damian Lillard MVP. I mean, they have to eventually, and I'm okay with them not, you know, fly under the radar, Mitchell. Stay at 65 to 1. No problem. But eventually, and I'm going to bring this up every single week because it's a great money making opportunity. I mean, he's he's a logical choice. There's nobody in the East. I mean, for you know, this is one of the rare, rare, rare seasons in which there, there really aren't great players out there. I mean, there's so many guys that are just taking off too many days. I mean, you can't put Kyrie, obviously, you can't put Durant. Uh, you know, and Bede is missing every other day. Simmons missing every other day. Milwaukee stinks. The Celtics stink. And so you, there's nobody in the uh, East. Uh, you know, in the West, you really have three teams at this point. I mean, Lillard would be nice, but, man, he's struggling just to get on an all-star team, let alone the MVP. That's not happening. So eventually people are going to realize, all right, we can't just give it to LeBron. 
His team is finishing in second and third place, and we got a Utah Jazz team that's, you know, pressing records for best records, uh, you know, in, in the NBA. So it, grab him. Grab him at 65 to 1. Do yourself a favor because I, I think that's a steal. I, I really do. Uh, so Nets win last night, 109-98. The game goes under. We'll keep an eye on that. LeBron does move into uh, a, a pretty good category. 35,000-plus points now, third all-time. Uh, trying, uh, you know, Malone and uh, Jabbar. And, you know, sadly, with everything you said and done, he will be number one. I don't think there's any question about it. Barring injury, he's, he's going to play forever. He really will. All right, just getting underway. Coming up 22 past the hour. We'll check out our props from last night. That's the next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As long as you can remember, there's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memory, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You know, I'm taking it day by day. Um, we play every other day, so I, I don't have the opportunity to look four weeks ahead. It's just not, it wouldn't be adequate for myself or for our ball club. Um, I have to stay in the moment. Um, I'm starting to prepare myself already to, um, you know, get ready for Saturday's matchup with Miami. And, um, you know, just keep my, you know, keep my focus that way. Um, you know, stay low and keep firing. So, um, I, I have not even thought that far down um, uh, of what it looks like four weeks from now. LeBron James last night after the game, and with uh, they lost talking about uh, Anthony Davis coming back four weeks from now. And again, I, I'd be surprised if it was four weeks. You know, barring something crazy, there's just the NBA. I don't know how this would uh, sit with the boys in Vegas on, on odds and things, uh, but I'm telling you, the NBA needs to really, really reward these teams for finishing in the top four spots of their conference come playoff time. They, they, you know, just one extra home game, you know, especially now, you know, even if they just did it on a temporary basis, say, listen, you know what? We don't have a full house. There really is no advantage outside of sleeping in your own uh, room versus, uh, you know, a hotel. There's no advantage in being familiar with the surroundings, obviously, but there's no advantage to being the higher seat. There just isn't anymore. So until the pandemic ends, until we can put, you know, 15, 20,000 people in the stands anyway, and I'd be okay even after that, you finish in the top four spots, you get home field advantage, obviously. And you need to win one less game in order to advance. So best of seven series, you have only have to win three times. The team, the lower-seeded team or the, the worst-seeded team, they have to win four. I don't know if that would be enough to make these people really care about the regular season. I think it, it would certainly help. You know, you, you tell LeBron or you tell, uh, you know, one of these other teams with a bunch of veteran players or, or teams that really have chances to win it all and can think, all right, we can play one less game. We can win one less game to advance. All right, let, let's take the regular season seriously. It's well worth it. You know, best of seven series, maybe even for the first two rounds, maybe not all the way through, but it's got to be more than one round. You got to really give it an incentive. First two rounds of the postseason, 
the team with the higher seed only has to win three times. The underdog, the worst seed a team has to win four. Maybe that'll get these teams. I, I don't know. But otherwise, you know, even last night, you got a bunch of teams with players that are out for personal reasons. That's how they've sugarcoated it now. They, they've said personal reasons like, you know, oh, okay, because of the corona, we're supposed to respect personal reasons. And there was a time when there there were times when we do that, but eh, not anymore. That's just another way of, uh, you know what, uh, limiting your minutes and not wanting to play basketball. It's amazing. Again, $20, $30, $40 million a year. Wow, just crazy, and they don't want to play the game. All right, so Brooklyn wins. Miami blitz Sacramento 118-110 last night. And only two other games, only three in the NBA. I, I was surprised that line was pick em. I know the Queens had a nice little run there for a little while, winning seven of eight a couple of weeks ago, but now they've lost, what, five in a row. They're back to being Sacramento. Uh, Miami has struggled, no doubt, but they've yet to win on the West Coast before last night's game, and I, I really thought they were going to circle the wagons. Again, depending on who's playing, but uh, Jimmy Butler is back, and I, I just said, you know what, they're not going to. They're too good to lose to Sacramento. They, they, they have to win one of these games. And lo and behold, they beat the uh, the Queens 118-110. to Toronto beat Milwaukee again. Second straight win for the Raptors over the Bucks in Milwaukee. Fifth straight Milwaukee loss. Got to go back to 2017. Remember I told you before, the last time they lost four in a row, it's also five in a row. So it's been a number of years. No Drew Holiday, I get that. And they're one and five without him. But, you know, that's no excuse. It, it really isn't. If, if that's what they're going to point to, and they had – uh, and they did after the game that, listen, whether it's the Nets with Durant and Harden and Irving, whether it's uh, the Lakers without AD, whether, you know, pick a team, every single team, whether it's Philly without Embiid a couple of times and without Simmons a couple of games, every single team. Um, you know, you look at the Portland Jailblazers, no York, they've been no CJ McCollum, and they're doing nothing but winning. Every single team has a player of significance not playing, and yet they're still winning. So if it makes the Milwaukee Bucks player and fan, you know, sleep at night by saying, all right, but we're, you know, we're losing, but no Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday is making that big a difference, if you really believe that, you knock yourself out. You go ahead and sleep at night. But this team is in trouble. This, this team is not. They broke this thing up too soon. I would have given it one more year. I would have written off last year as just a goof, a fluke, uh, a mess because of the COVID, um, and, you know, playing in the bubble and everything else. Uh, I, I know they did back-to-back, uh, you know, uh, getting bounced out of the postseason early. I get that. But I would have given it one more crack. This is not a very good basketball team. It really isn't. Chris Middleton has come way back this year. He's not nearly as good as he was these last two years. Holiday's not playing. Greek Freak is really not Greek. Is, is You know, he's great, but he can't carry this team. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, they're in a lot of trouble. This team, they're going to make the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but are they really capable of challenging one of those Western Conference teams? No. Are they going to even beat the the Philadelphia 76ers? No. Hell, I don't even think they can beat the Boston Celtics, uh, even with the way the Celtics are playing, to tell you the truth. That team, they better be concerned. And again, if it's up to Drew Holiday to turn that team around, then wow, that's kind of crazy. Hockey last night? Um, you know, we, we got the game out of Toronto that we were hoping to get two nights ago. The three-game series between uh, the Senators and Maple Leafs. You know, remember the first game, Toronto blows that 5-1 late second period lead. 
We're right back on Toronto. The next game against Ottawa, thinking for sure they're going to be all pissed off and everything else. And what happens? They only win two to one. They win, but they don't cover the goal and a half. Last night, they, they win going away seven to three. Last night was the game that they put it all together. Should have figured. Um, you know, we did give up Toronto on the website as the, as the free pick lane a goal and a half, but it, it was two nights ago that we really pounded away on that stuff. Our props, um, you know, this is more of an experiment versus a system. We wanted to see how many times the star players in the NBA would go over. Much to my surprise, it's actually been more overs than unders. Last night, only three games, so there weren't that many players involved. Fred Van Fleet, 22 and a half, had 17. He went under, obviously. Kyle Lowry didn't play for Toronto. Uh, and, and you know, by the way, Milwaukee, yeah, you're, you're talking about Drew Holiday. The, the Raptors are playing without Kyle Lowry, and, and they still win. Uh, Greek Freak's number was 31 and a half. He had 23. They went under, or he went under. Brooklyn Lakers, Harden had 25 and a half. He only had 23. He went under. Kyrie Irving, 27 and a half. He only had 16. He went under. LeBron had 30 and a half. He scored 32, so he went over. So that is a one and two. I put down two and one. My bad. I got to change that. That's one and two. So we got to update the stats here. All right. Then uh, the last game, uh, you had two guys that we used, Miami and Sacramento. Jimmy Butler, 21 and a half. He only scored 13. And De'Aaron Fox, 24 and a half. He only scored 11. So 0 and 2 there. So uh, that uh, added up is 1 and 6. So uh, that uh, makes things even a little bit more. It's amazing. Even with this, the, the, the boys in Vegas are like almost dead on. So that brings it uh, for our weekly total to 29 over. Or check that. To um, 31 overs and 29 unders. How about that? <laughs> How good are the boys in Vegas? Even with the goofy over-under prop plays, it's dead on. I thought we would find that these guys went under more than over just because everybody plays the overs. But heading into tonight's games, two-game difference. Lousy two-game difference. Wow. 9-7 and seven over Monday, 9-10 and 10 Tuesday, 12-6 and six over Wednesday. But uh, we gave it back 1-6 last night. 31 up, 29 down. Basically a 50-50 proposition. We'll do. We'll finish out the week. We'll update it on Monday. But I'm a little surprised. I I thought it would be more unders than overs. Just seems like there's more unders than overs. You know. I, I don't know why, but uh, not the case. Shots on goal. We we did that as well. Pretty even. Uh, we had a number here. One, two, three, four, five. But there is something that is emerging. But let me let me run down the shots on goal. Uh, Boston Bergeron even three and three. Marshawn went under. Pasternak went over. Boy, that guy gets a zillion shots. Uh, Craig Smith for Boston went under, so one, two, and one. Nashville ended up going one, one, and one uh, with Forsberg uh, at three and a half, not getting any shots. How do you have to play a game as the number one guy and not get any shots on goal? Uh, Toronto, Ottawa, Matthews only got four, so he was a push. Tavares only got one, he was an under, and uh, Mitch Marner had three, so he went over. So one, one, and one there. Buffalo and Washington both in the play. Oh, six and one. That was the killer last night. Eichel only had two. Dylan only had one. Olofsson only had one. Taylor Hall only had two. All four under for Buffalo. Ovechkin tied with four. Carlson won and Backstrom with one. So they went oh, two and one. So oh, six and one. 
but uh, we did win it back with San Jose as we went 4-0 on the uh, on the Sharks against St. Louis. Burns over, Meyer over, Couture over, and Vander Kane over. And then the Kings in Arizona were the last uh, two groups. Uh, that went 3-3-1. and one. So when everything was said and done, 10-3. and 10-3. So I was uh, wrong, you know, so far on my thinking with this in that I thought we'd have more over shots on goal if we just stayed with players against the lousy teams. But so far this uh, week, 25 up, 30 down. But the rust never sleeps. And I forgot to mention this yesterday. My bad. Good old Brian Rust. And this is the key, and we'll, we'll get to it when we come back. Uh, four shots on goal last night for Pittsburgh. He went over again. He's 3-0 over. Forget, uh, forget Ovechkin, forget Crosby, forget Malkin. That Brian Rust over shots on goal. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Scott Watson sitting in on this Friday morning. 40 past the hour. Taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our poll question is out. Before we get back to the hockey and the shots on goal in our new system, uh, we got, uh, well, let's check out the uh, poll question from yesterday first up, shall we? We always like to uh, do uh, due diligence with uh, recapping yesterday's poll question. How many NFL teams could, uh, could use Tim Tebow right now as their quarterback? Since Tebow announced yesterday he was retiring, well, two days ago he was retiring, uh, sadly, shame on you, heathens. Uh, none, he's the worst, wins it at nearly 56% of the votes. Uh, you're going to burn in hell. I uh, know two ways about it. Uh, he's better than one to five starting quarterbacks now getting 27%. He's better than uh, six to 15 of uh, the starting quarterbacks now, 10.5%. And he's better than uh, over half the starting quarterbacks getting 6% of the votes. So, None, he's the worst. Clearly, clearly you have not seen Tim Tebow play. Clearly you have not seen him beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Shame on you. So, all right, but that's in the books now with the Carson Wentz deal, which we'll get to here in a second. If you had to, all right, that's the key. You had to have one. If you had to choose one, which quarterback would you want as your starter next season with all things considered? Salary, age, injuries, what have you. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts. The four big names. Obviously, Stafford being traded for Goff. Wentz yesterday being traded in Indianapolis, seemingly handing over the starting job to Jalen Hurts. So which one of those four, if you had to, so don't say none of the above. I, I get that. I wouldn't want any of those guys either, to tell you the truth. But you had to choose one. So in essence, which team really kind of won out this offseason so far uh, in this quarterback shuffle? Wentz, Golf, or Wentz, uh, you know, with the Colts, uh, Golf with the uh, uh, Lions, Stafford with the Rams, or Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. So go to Opposite Picks, get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple times before we are through. Pretty good poll question, if I do say so myself. Here's the philosophy with this uh, with this hockey shots on goal. Now, as we've seen with the NBA, I don't expect you guys to play all these guys. It was more of just, let's, let's see how this thing pans out. I had a thinking that we were going to take the best players 
on the teams that are playing the worst defensive teams, and we're going to play their over shots on goal. Forget about if they score or not, just shots on goal. And I thought it would come out on top, and in the end, it really hasn't. It's you know basically even, a little bit under uh, when you look at it, 20 and 30, or 25 and 30. So slight under after going slight over last week, 18 and 13. So when you combine it, it really is literally uh, you know, 43 and 43. Dead, dead, again, just dead even. You, you couldn't make this stuff up. You really couldn't. Last week, we filed it for the last, uh, I think, three or four days of the week. It went 18, 13, and 2. This week, we filed it so far 25 and 30. Add them together, and it's 43 and 43. I mean, you just, well, every single time you think you have an angle with the boys in Vegas, they just slap you in the face. It, it really is remarkable. So, but the one thing I have noticed. Every night, there's one bad line. I thought over the weekend, it was Brian Rust, and it was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, you'd be surprised, I imagine, you know, when if I asked you, who do you think has the most shots on goal for Pittsburgh this season? I, I think most people, you know, knee-jerk reaction would say Sidney Crosby, uh, getting Malkin maybe. No, uh, believe it or not, it's Brian Rust. Uh, and it's actually not even close. Uh, if you include last night's numbers, as uh, we should, right? Brian Rust has 59 shots on goal. Sidney Crosby has 40. And he's the next guy. This guy, Brian Rust, who no one's ever heard of, has 19 more shots on goal than the next player on his own team, whether it's Crosby or Gensel, Malkin, Latang, whatever. So every day, and I didn't check last night, my bad, because he was playing a team that wasn't in our little system, and don't be me, the Islanders. And the Islanders shut everybody down. I don't know if I would necessarily play him, but I would have been curious to see what his number was last night. I'm guessing, point is, it's prob- it was probably two and a half. Now, you don't have to be a genius. There's been 15 games. He averages nearly four shots a game, which in the NHL is unheard of. That's, that's a lot. Most guys average, well, like Crosby, he's got 40 shots on goal, believe it or not, in 15 games. He's averaging two and a half shots a game. That's where most people, you know, really, you know, have their averages, right around two and a half. But every team, for the most part, has one guy that kind of stands above. And every night, I've noticed on FanDuel that there's one line that doesn't make any sense. Last night, it was Jeff Carter with uh, L.A. without seeing the rust line. He's one of those guys, uh, you know, for the Kings that has the most shots on goal. Now, he's not crazy like rust, I'll tell you that. But he does lead the team in shots on goal. And his shots on goal last night with FanDuel was two and a half. He averages three shots a game. He's got 45 shots in 15 games. And while that may not seem like, all right, so he averages three, it's two and a half, that's not that big a deal. Actually, it is. You know, a half a shot on goal is huge. You know, that that's like, you know, think about it. When you're only getting three, if you're buying yourself a half, you're getting you know, basically 15 to 20% in value. That That's pretty darn good. You know, think about, you know, if I'm getting, uh, you know, five in a point spread, and I'm going to be able to get eight in a point spread. That That's kind of, you know, it's like, wow, I'll, I'll take the eight for sure. It's, it's almost like a tease. Every night, and I've been doing this for the last week now, there's one guy that FanDuel always, I don't want to say it screws up on, but 
always has one guy that the line doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. You know, it's been rust a couple of times. Um, and, and now it was Jeff Carter. There was a guy. Oh, the one time it didn't come through was last night because the Detroit Red Wings, God, they stink. I, I won't play another over on them again. They were playing the, the Blackhawks, back-to-back games. Blackhawks are pretty good this year, but they're a young group, and no one thought they'd be any good. You would have thought Detroit would have been able to. The, the guy, uh, Mantra, averages four shots a game. His number was only two and a half, and he was getting like two shots just because the, the Red Wings stink. They really do. But all the others, it went over. Now, originally, I thought, all right, they're suckering you in, right? They, 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 with Russ last weekend, I remember thinking, all right, you know, they're playing Washington. Something's got to be wrong. You know, why is his line two and a half when he averages four shots a game? And then, you know, he'd get his four shots, and you'd sit there and say, man, I should have betted. That has happened every night. There's one guy that the line doesn't make any sense. And last night, it was Jeff Carter. Now, he only got three, but the line was two and a half for some reason. You were a winner. There's a guy that averages three shots a game. So if you can't, you know, go the whole route and do all these guys, which I fully understand, unfortunately, most times these over-under shots on goals aren't posted this early in the morning. Otherwise, I'd go through them for you and just pick out the one. But I will do that, and, you know, I'll post it on the website, and then we'll talk about it the next, uh, you know, the next uh, day on, on our morning show. We'll pick out one. We'll keep track of that. That'll be our official shots on. Now, how many shows do this, right? I mean, a lot of shows talk gambling. How many shows talk shots on goal, NHL gambling, right? You know, not not that. You only get that in the morning show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Keeping you awake here as you drive to work with shots on goal talk with Jeff Carter. Uh, But you know what? It's about picking winners. I kicked ass at a WNBA two years ago. Man, I, I was like 35 and like seven. I forget what it was. Maybe it wasn't that good. But, man, but you know what? And people were laughing. I said, who cares? I don't care. It's the WNBA. What do I care? It could be uh, tiddlywinks. It could be craps. It could be you know, uh, cricket. If you give me that kind of winning percentage, I don't care what it is. If I can punch up FanDuel and find it, I'll put it in. A winner is a winner is a winner. So if we could supply you with a winner with shots on goal, if this trend continues, you know, I don't expect, again, to bet all these guys. So let's find one guy every night. And it's not going to be Austin Matthews. You know, it, it's it's going to be a guy like Brian Rust, like Jeff Carter, you know, um, like a Brent Burns. You know, it's not going to be Jack Eichel or Austin Matthews or Sidney Crosby or Bergeron. It's not going to be a guy that's that's well known to the average hockey fan. It's going to be the obscure guy that you have to be a real you know, Cam Stewart, NHL guy to know who the fudge this guy is. You know, we're not going to find Ovechkin, you know, there getting a, a, a good line. It's going to be the uh, Connor Garlands and, and the, the Ryan Russ and, and the Jeff Carters of the world. So last night it was Carter and he came through. Yet only ended up with three, but that's okay. A winner is a winner no matter what it is. So tonight we have one, two, three games in action, four teams. Again, we take the worst defensive teams, top 10 worst defensive teams, and go with the opposing team's best players. So tonight we got Carolina against Chicago. As Chicago's one of the worst, we got Calgary versus Edmonton. Edmonton's one of the worst. Uh, and we got Winnipeg and Vancouver squaring off against each other, and those two teams are both the worst. So we're going to look at the four top guys for each team. Shreznikov for Carolina, Kachuk for Calgary, 
Ellers for uh, Winnipeg and Brock Poster for Vancouver. That's, you know, where I'm thinking the, the bad lines are going to be. So cross your fingers on that, and then I'll post that on the website as soon as. They usually come out eh, mid-afternoon, those shots on goal. The goals are up, assists are up, but shots on goal, for some reason, they kind of take their time uh, putting that up. For uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, they do. And for the NBA, you got a full slate of games tonight. Um, you got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got ten games in which uh, we're gonna go with uh, the main guys. You see, I have not seen that in the NBA though. NBA, they're they're pretty dead on. All they kind of do for the most part is just take these guys' averages. Um, you know, you can do that very easily in the NBA. You know, hockey with shots on goal, a little different. <clears throat> There's so few. That, like I said, a half a shot is going to give you great advantage. But, you know, if a guy's averaging 22 points and they put a number at 21 or 20 and a half even, it's really not, you know, so you don't get that huge advantage. But uh, we got Steph Curry and, and Wiggins for Golden State. We got Jokic and Murray uh, and Colin Sexton for the Cadavers. Got a couple of nice uh, trends in, uh, in play tonight, though. I'll get to that here in a sec. Embiid and Simmons for Philadelphia if uh, either two play. Trey Young for Atlanta. They play at Boston again. Back-to-back. Uh, -back. Okay, let's see if the Celtics can respond after losing the other night. Uh, John Morant with Detroit and Memphis. Uh, Greek Freak and Middleton with Milwaukee. Devin Booker and Zion with Phoenix and uh, New Orleans. That should be a pretty good game. Uh, Luka in the Dallas game. Uh, Van Vliet in the Toronto game with Carl Anthony Towns against Toronto. And then uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, if they play in the Utah Clippers game. But you got two monster trends in action tonight. You got... The Jazz playing the Clippers, right? Uh, continue 20-1, and one, as we mentioned here, straight up. 19-1-1 against the spread. And then you got uh, Cleveland in action tonight at home against Denver. And Denver, or Cleveland rather, is riding a nasty, ugly 0-11 against the spread streak. 0-11. So you'd be crazy out of your mind to bet against that. Denver is laying 8 at Cleveland. So... Not bad of a number. You know, I, I'm not sure which way I like it more. Denver coming off two road wins or Denver coming off two road losses as they are. I, I almost kind of like them coming off two road losses because you know you're going to get an honest A effort. They don't want to lose three in a row. And, you know, effort in NBA games in a regular season, that's huge. So you're going to get the best out of Denver tonight. I think they cover that monster spread. It's a big road spread, eight points, but you know what? you got to, you got to do it. All right, we'll close that hour number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is opposite picks on this uh, Friday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel closing out our number one. Quick check of our poll question. If you had to choose one, which quarterback would you want as your starter next year? 
Uh, Matthew Stafford leading the way at almost 58% of the vote. Carson Wentz, 23%. Jalen Hurts, 15%. And uh, Jared Goff, <laughs> not even 4%. 3.8% of the vote. Go to your Ops Picks uh, Twitter feed, get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple of more times tomorrow. I tell you, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I don't know if I'll ever really get used to it. Uh, you know, a guy that's been gambling for 30-plus years. I, I still, I'm watching a Bruins game last night, right? In between periods, they're getting set to start the second period. And Nesson, which is their uh, their, their TV uh, broadcast uh, station, has a contest, predict the game. And they had people calling in or going on Twitter. I don't, I don't know how it was. But basically, they were asking their viewers to predict whether a goal would be scored. It was nothing, nothing. Uh, whether a goal would be scored before their first commercial break in the second period. And they were playing for uh, points, you know, I'm like, wow. I listen. I we. I, I like. I said. I. I can't get used to gambling being this socially acceptable. You, you know, it's been a number. You know, years now, a couple of years since it's come. You know, full. Uh, you know, 180 degrees, and, and certainly in the middle of America, I get all that. But it's just weird watching a sporting event on TV and them not only you know acknowledging gambling, but promoting it. Asking viewers to, to, in essence, gamble on whether a goal is going to be scored before they go to the first commercial. But it is very weird. It really is just, I don't know. Like I said, it's weird. And they're playing for points. I think that's the most funny thing of all. Uh, Dodgers got, got a monster number yesterday. We'll get to that next hour. Uh, we'll talk, uh, discuss the uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, reported trade to the Indianapolis Colts and see what that's done to uh, some of the uh, future bets on FanDuel with the NFL Super Bowl-wise. All that's coming up. Scott Wetzel on a Friday morning right here. Opposite picks at Sportsman Radio, Sirius Exceptional, 204.